The wind had died to a whisper, and Alex Cave was lashing down the white nylon sails of his chartered 35-foot sailboat. It was the last day of his two-week vacation sailing through the San Juan Islands of Washington State. He paused and took a deep breath of salt air, knowing that once he returned to Montana, he would not smell it again for at least a year. A brilliant flash of light caught his attention, and he looked around and saw the outline of a large ship about four miles away. He stepped down onto the main deck and grabbed his binoculars, and then focused them on the ship, and from its design he surmised that it was a large oil tanker. Suddenly, a panicked-filled voice crackled from the VHF radio speaker. Mayday! Mayday! Something's happening to the ship! Alex was about to grab the microphone to respond when he heard the Coast Guard answer the distress call. He listened to the conversation as he scanned the area through the binoculars, and the oil tanker was the only ship in the area. He realized that the Coast Guard would probably reach the tanker first, but thought maybe he could be of some assistance and fired up the internal gas engine in the sailboat and headed towards the tanker. As he drew near, he could see that the tanker rode high in the water as if empty. He was surprised to arrive at the tanker before the Coast Guard. He did not see anyone on deck, and no one answered when he yelled up from below. He hung the rubber bumpers over the starboard side of the sailboat and tied off to the rusted metal rungs of a ladder welded to the rear port side of the tanker. When the sailboat was secure, he climbed the ladder to the tanker's main deck and began searching for any crew members. He could not find anyone on board and continued to search the rest of the ship while he waited for the Coast Guard to arrive. Thirty-five minutes later, the thrumming of the Adler's engines dropped to a low rumble as they pulled alongside the oil tanker, and McBride stepped out on deck to survey the ship through a set of binoculars. Thin streams of black smoke trailed from her exhaust stack, but all forward movement had ceased. The rust-streaked black paint on the side of the behemoth oil tanker showed that she was empty, and he scanned her entire length through the binoculars. There was no sign of an explosion, and he could not see anyone on deck or up in the bridge. McBride grabbed the microphone for the public address system. Ahoy, the Scorpio! This is the United States Coast Guard. Do you need assistance? He waited several minutes for someone to appear, but the Scorpio appeared deserted. Take us alongside, McBride ordered the OOD. I don't know what happened here, but I intend to find out. The Scorpio towered above the Adler as she drifted thirty feet off the starboard side, and then suddenly a man wearing blue jeans and a white sweatshirt appeared on Scorpio's deck and stood at the railing. McBride grabbed the microphone as he stared up at the man. You, on the tanker, this is the commander of the USS Adler. What's going on? The man at the railing hollered down at him, but the rumbling engines from the tanker and his ship drowned out his voice. You're in a lot of trouble, mister. Just stay where you are. I'm coming aboard. McBride spun toward the first-class bosun mate standing nearby. Well, don't just stand there. Get the skiff in the water. Alex leaned his forearms across the railing in a nonchalant manner as he watched McBride come across in a small launch and ascended the rusty metal rungs welded to the hull near the starboard stern. Two sailors followed him as he stomped across the deck. As McBride approached, the stranger straightened from the railing and turned to face him, and he stopped. 
The stranger was at least six foot six, with a tanned, rugged face marked by a few small scars. He had wavy hair the color of a raven's wings, and his eyes were the color of a deep blue lake under thick black brows. Where the hell do you get off calling in that you had an explosion? McBride snarled. You're under arrest, mister. Alex folded his arms across his chest and leaned back against the railing. McBride could see the anger surfacing in the man's eyes. They locked stairs, and McBride noticed that the stranger did not blink. Alex wondered why the man was so angry with him and took offense at the officer's attitude. It's customary to ask permission to come aboard, Commander. The tone of voice hit McBride like a slap in the face, and he flushed with anger, his hands clenching into fists at his sides. Who the hell are you, and where do you get off talking to me that way? He growled, his voice rising in volume to match his temper. In these waters, I'm the law, mister. You got that? Alex remained against the rail and shrugged indifferently. If you say so. He let the moment hang, refusing to be intimidated. My name's Alex Cave, and I haven't broken any laws. I heard the distress call and came to help. There was no explosion, and there's no one on board. McBride spun to one of his sailors. Have the ship radioed ashore and find out everything you can about a Mr. Cave.